Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Paige. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show Sweet Tooth. This week we are covering episode 5 of Sweet Tooth titled, What's in the Freezer? Well, I think we knew the answer to that question. We made Um, that assumption last week and we were right. (laughs) We did. We were right. Um, This was, I thought, a pretty good episode this week. What what were your thoughts just in general about this week's? I really liked it. It had some really great moments and, you know, I'll... Yes. <laughs> expound on these things a lot more later. But there was some really good, like, kind of building of our group, like, you know, our main group that we're following. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, it had some really dark stuff in it as well and some really interesting yes. new things that they they did with it. That yeah. This, this show I doesn't... I liked it a lot. Good. Yeah, the show doesn't hide too much from going down some dark paths. So... Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, there was um, a lot of interesting things that really moved the story forward, and got a got a few questions answered, um, but then also left us with some other questions. So, um, well, with that being said, uh, I am excited to talk about this one. What is your number five? All right, my number five. I figure I might as well just start at the beginning, <laughs> the opening with Doctor Gladys Bell. And yeah. what happened there? We get just that little, it's right where we kick this episode off. Um, we do find out, kind of thanks to Abbott, when he shows up. General, I almost call him Governor Abbott. Again, I'm, I live I in know. Texas, so I'm I used know. to it. General <laughs> Abbott. Um. I'm probably going to have a slip here and there too, so I apologize in advance <laughs> to everyone. But yes, General in this case. Yes. But uh Yeah. We find out from him when he just shows up at her house while she's doing her own thing that she does not have cancer like she told Addie she did. Because he says something about, you know, oh, faking a terminal illness. <laughs> it's like how, you know, th- what's the deal with that? But yeah, she's not sick like she said she was. She's just right. done doing heinous shit for Abbott. Like she, He's kind of had her under his thumb, it seems, with this whole hybrid experimentation. And she's had enough. So she passed the bill to Addie and was like, I'm bouncing. I'm out. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you thought that too. That's what I, I kind of had a lot of questions as I was, mm-hmm. um, you know, thinking about this point and uh, kind of talking it out with myself um, before talking about it here um, that we did get to see more of General Abbott. He's actually one of my points too. So I'll just go ahead and talk about it. He, we, we got more, more of him this episode. We, we, we've just kind yeah. of seen just, quick flashes um so he got a lot more screen time and man he's he's not a good guy and um so i i think we can make the assumption based on this scene that they were working together like she's working yeah. for him and you know it sounds like she really didn't have cancer um that she faked that um and and so if she didn't have cancer, then why did she pretend that she did and leave? Was it because she didn't want to continue those experiments? Like, was she starting to feel really bad maybe about yeah, what she was doing? I think doing? so. Cause one of the last things she said to him, but while he was walking out was like, they're, you know, they are, you know, children, they're mm-hmm. human too, in a way. And then she's almost kind of taking the hybrid side, you know, they're going to be here long after we're gone. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, she was just kind of fed up. I think it was affecting her. 
she was having a lot of the same moral dilemmas that, you know, Addie is facing trying to take this job from her. Yeah. And seems like she wasn't really a willing participant. You say, you know, she was working for Abbott, but I don't think it was necessarily <laughs> her like willing, dream job. Willing. Like she right. didn't want to do it. Yeah. It's just, it's that well, thing. he's got a hold over a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, or at least looks like uh, from, from what we're seeing, the only way he knows how to respond to these kinds of things is by violence. So I'm wondering yeah. if she had ever any time said, Hey, this is immoral and unethical or, you know, all the questions and things that we've been talking about since we learned yeah. like what they're using and what they're having to do to obtain this secret sauce. Um, you know, it doesn't sound like she's ha- the, she has the freedom to be like, you know what? No, I just I don't want to and I'm not going to. Sounds like that she was going to be uh, her her life was on the line um, whether she did it or not. And mm-hmm. I think that he made that pretty clear uh, because once he had the information that he wanted, he took her out. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. how he responds to things is by violence. And um, I don't think she had a choice to walk away before. Yeah. So I think she's like, the only way I'm going to be able to walk away is if I say I'm terminally ill and I want to like, you know, go off and have some time before I die. And yeah. that's pretty sad. You got to fake a terminal illness to be able to <laughs> say, no, I don't want to do this job anymore. Yeah. But yeah. Abbott was worried about what was going on, but I guess he was happy then just to find out because he's asking, where's the book? Where's the, the research? Mm-hmm. And then as soon as she says that, Oh, I, I left it with somebody else who's doing it. He was kind of like, Oh, okay, good. Well, I don't need you anymore, but I'm glad that somebody else is working on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it, <sighs> We still haven't gotten a whole lot of his agenda, but I mean, it just sounds like his push to get a cure for the sick and to be able to like just take over because I I feel like we don't really know or understand like what is the structure of like government or who's, who's ruling and how is it general Abbott, you know, and, and how many people are out there living like free or outside of these zones and not under type of any like rule or, you know, I don't feel like that's been established too well um, from what, what we've seen, but it sounds like if he can get a cure, then he would be able to then control and take control of, of everyone and everything. Yeah. So I was wondering why he took Gladys out Mm -hmm. and it was like either he didn't want her talking about, what was going on, what she knew, like he didn't want information getting out, but she didn't really seem the type to do that anyway. And he doesn't seem the type to really care what people think about what he's doing. Yeah. So it could have just been a power move, like just could have been, well, I'm done with you. You have no use for me anymore. So I might as well kill you. Cause he also kind of seems like that would be him. I'd expect either from him in some ways. I know. And what's weird. And and we'll talk about it whenever he gets to the community with um, Addie and Ronnie, but at least in this case, um, I th- think he, they were inject, it looked like that. I mean, they did burn the house down, but I think that they were injecting her with the virus. Yeah. It's that. So no questions would be virus. raised, right? Yeah. Uh, connection to the like first episode on mm-hmm. that again, which this kind of goes into my number four. So I'll talk a little bit more about that later, but, okay. but it made me, think is there a little bit more of a connection between Abbott and Will Forte's character oh yes that's right because he had (laughs) 
similar syringes. Yeah. Good connection. I don't think I was thinking that far back. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it seems like he's kind of hiding hiding it here. Like, if he's injecting her with the sick and then he can just be like, well, she was ill. And she mm-hmm. she died because of, of the virus. Not us. And we burned yeah. the house down. So, you know, kind of making it look, look like that. But yet, he uses different methods uh, later on. That doesn't seem yeah. like he's too shy about just jumping in there, guns blazing. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, like to learn a little bit more about the structure and what's left of any type of remaining government or exactly just what exactly is happening. Um, so I don't think we know right. that yet. Awesome. He seems five. to be an important figure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the marketplace, we got that whole when the, the pill, you know, whoever guy was selling the pills and stuff to Jep was shut down and, when he was asking about it, somebody said, well, you know, Abbott's America. So mm. seems like he kind of does have a, a decent amount of power. Right. Yeah. It'd be nice to get a little bit more information um, just to kind of understand um, what, like what's left mm-hmm. of, of any type of government, good or bad, like or dictatorship, yeah. whatever it is, like, a, you know, if he's running it like a military rule or something like that, but um. Yeah, just be good to understand. Mm-hmm. Good number five. Um, well, I want to talk about uh, how, you know, like Addie and Ronnie are not having such a great day. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about when things escalate. Um, so first, I, I was like, well, how did they get Nancy moved to the clinic? Uh, I guess that shouldn't be something we think too hard on because I couldn't quite under cover out. of darkness. Yeah, I, don't I know. guess under cover of seems darkness, like the best. <laughs> but I mean, the clinic had like a gate around it, right, with a guard and yeah, gate, and there's no cars. Like cars aren't working, so you can't throw a body in a trunk and then drive through with them. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did they carry her on horseback? I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know. I have questions about how did they actually manage to get her there. Um, and then and referencing the pitch meeting videos on YouTube way too often, even on Run for Your Lives <laughs> lately, which those episodes haven't aired yet, but uh, they will soon. I mean, we, this new season of Run for Your Lives, we talk about pitch meeting way too much. But I even had that thing. I just pictured Ryan from those videos being like, "Ooh, try not to think about that too much." <laughs> like, yes. don't ask. Um. <laughs> don't ask. Um, don't ask questions. You, you yeah. don't have to think too hard about. Yeah. Yeah. The, I was like, well, how the hell do they manage that? And plus, you know, <laughs> how, how, you know, a, a, a dead person, dead weight, that's heavy. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a lot. And it's not easy. I can't imagine Addie being able to haul her up onto a horse to try yeah. to get her mobile. Because I, I can't think of any other way than the horse. Well, right. unless they, again, under dark and maybe they were able to get by the guards maybe there aren't any guards late at night i don't know drag her behind the horse like maybe they didn't have to pick her up put her on the horse maybe they just strapped her and (laughs) this is going in a really bad dark place i'm don't know where i'm going with that i'm just i can't get it out of my head i just and i need to stop thinking like (laughs) don't bring logic into this discussion right Um, but anyway um but then why the clinic where other people work i mean it's not just Addie that works there right um, there are other people that work at the clinic and maintain it why would you take a body there where other people might see it Hoy. yeah 
even though he had it locked. I feel like that's still a pretty big risk, right? Not the best plan. Like, I figured they were keeping her, like, in the basement in their house or something for the time being. Yes. No. 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 Because I think it's exactly what happened, is it looks like Samantha, whoever the person who's supposed to work the desk at the clinic, went to get something from the freezer or something and was like, oh, there's Nancy. I should probably tell the people in the community about that. Yeah, I mean, looks a little suspicious. Um, <laughs> why is her dead body in there? So, again, I, I don't know. We, we, we talked a little bit about it last week and, and their choices of just reporting what happened to Nancy. I mean, she got kicked in the head. They didn't. It's like Ronnie said, well, we didn't we didn't kill her. You know, yeah. we didn't kick her in the head, <laughs> you know, or the chest um, and kill her. Um Right. So, so it should have still, I still think it would have been better for them just to roll with the truth and let everyone know, like, yeah, this happened. It's a freak thing. Nancy, I guess she was coming over to, to bring us something or say something to visiting. us. And she I mean, spooked the horse. And so when we, we, you know, she didn't even get to the front door. You could tell some kind of little fib about that to be like, you know, we walked outside for me to go to work and she was laying there. So I guess the horse kicked her. And exactly. You know, like, you could spin that in some way to be a lot less like guilty looking but now it's like because you're hiding it even with the fact that they didn't kill her but they hid the body in the freezer so now they're guilty anyway exactly well and so there was risk if they had just um told everyone you know it as she's found like oh well we found her or we were out here in the yard talking to her and she came walking up behind the horse and spooked the horse whatever however you want to spin that there was risk having the attention on them um, in that in that way, and that was something I know that they didn't want. They didn't. They wanted to just keep blending, you know, and not draw attention to the fact that you know uh, that they're up to something. That Ronnie is, you know, still sick or you know showing symptoms, I guess, of of being sick. Yeah. Um, but they here here they landed there anyway. Like they went and decided to hide the body and hide that Nancy was dead. They're and then by saying this story to um, and I didn't catch the. Um, the character's name but when they were um he's bob you know holding (laughs) out flyers and oh well i haven't seen nancy since the dinner party but then you know how bad that looks when she does show up in the freezer um you know instead of just having to say say it so they've ended up in the same place that they would have by taking the risk of just saying Nancy got kicked by the horse, you know, and reported it when it happened. So they, they still ended up in a really, really bad place. Um, So, you know, when they're at the clinic and Addie's trying to, you know, cover their ass by saying that Nancy was infected, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and kind of spin it that way. And when they're like, well, why didn't you tell us earlier? You know, he goes on this tirade, which I thought was really great acting job um, from the actor. It seemed to be working, too. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely (laughs) was. Well, he's right. And we've talked about it. You know, he goes Mm -hmm. on this tirade about the hypocrisy of their whole community, about this, like, facade, you know, that they put up that this is just a normal community. But then they turn around and kill each other with no remorse. I mean, shit, Bob, that episode after they burned poor Doug – uh, just sitting there eating freaking pecan pie, right? Like it was nothing. And and while they're sitting, you know, singing a song and eating the dead man's pie, um, yeah. And you know how hypocritical you know that that is. And you can see while he's you know while all of this is coming out of him, all this guilt and resentment, you know, as comes out of Addie as he's telling them this. And 
you know, he's also trying to kind of, I feel like, divert attention <laughs> from the fact <laughs> that he kept his neighbor's dead body in a freezer. <laughs> right. Um, but then, of course. Uh, the freezer we should really be worrying about is the coldness in all of our hearts. Exactly. Right? Why are no. we worried about this? This is what we should be looking at. Like, don't look at what's going on over here. You know, it's that old <laughs> trick of like, don't don't pay any attention to what's happening over yeah. here. It's the whole magician's trick. So, yeah, he's trying to totally divert, um, you know, what what he was really up to and put the focus back on them about why he didn't say anything. And I think, I mean, yeah. he's kind of right. Um, but then Ronnie, of course, starts acting sick and sneezing, coughing and stuff. And they just immediately revert back to their behavior. And what the hell about burning the clinic? I mean, exactly. That is, that seems like a terrible idea. That's one place you put the effort into just sanitizing and like quarantining it for a while. Don't cause you're burning down the clinic with all of, cause it's not even for the sickness, but like it was used for, everyday like yes. diseases and hey i fell and broke and my arm too. you know right. who's gonna fix that if there's no clinic um who's gonna stitch me up when i fall and bust my head open or something yeah that that made no sense to me and i couldn't i thought that just it doesn't make sense and they actually did burn it you could tell they had gasoline and they, they lit the flames yeah. and i'm just like what uh, what is up because it doesn't look like medical supplies are so aplenty i mean they have to like right. you know call out for them and they get what they can when they get it. it's almost like the walking dead when they go go out on the mm-hmm. uh, on a on a scavenge run or something and they just try yeah. to get what supplies they can they're never going to have a steady supply of like one thing all the time i don't know and we're still i feel like figuring it out. Maybe we won't know, but you know, it seems like they have to make special calls for equipment and it seems like it's, it's portioned out, rationed out. Maybe, um, why would you burn all of that? It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and to have equipment there, I don't know. It seemed like they did have some medical equipment. It just doesn't seem easy to come by. It seems like a really poor choice. Like you said, make the effort to somehow sanitize it, quarantine it for a little bit, sanitize it. I don't know. Um, and then we got to see when they took them home that, so we, I know we asked about Doug, like, were they burning him alive? Like they strapped him, saran wrapped him to a chair. (laughs) I guess we got that question answered because that's exactly what they were going to do. Oh, yikes. Um, so yeah, I mean, it escalated this whole, whole thing totally escalated from where we started to where they are now. And, um, I don't know. Interested to see what happens next. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, the end of what happened here in a bit, but um, yeah. What's your number four? All right. My number four, and this is what I was teasing at a little bit of talking again about Pubba a little bit. Um, but my number four is uh, Gus's uh, trip that he went on. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he uh, falls into the the purple flowers. I don't think we've got any other really name for them other than just the the purple flowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do have like a toxic trait to them that we hadn't really seen before. They flake off this dust or pollen that seems to be hallucinogenic in nature. Uh, probably fatal in the case of long enough exposure because they make a deal to get Gus out of there as quick as they can. And they've got to suit up mm-hmm. to get him out. But <clears throat> yeah, they're, it's like hallucinogenic. It kind of... But he's also like unconscious, but it, it definitely takes over his brain and sends him on this little journey. Certainly did. Um, 
because they show a lot of the flowers and stuff in his dream, I guess, if you want to call it. So it's kind of, I think they're hinting at it's caused by the the flowers for sure. Yeah, I think you're right. But as, as he's moving through this uh, trip, a mailbox full of gummy worms might be a special dream for me too. Um, I won't confirm I wouldn't be mad that, about but, that. Yeah. Uh, I will own up to deeply loving some hot cocoa enough to be like, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, mm. you get me in with that one. Love hot cocoa. But yeah, but uh, the feels in this moment, even though it's all in Gus's subconscious, yeah, it's a major like moment for him that really helps him move forward. And it's kind of this reunion with his papa. And I think it's a lot of like, subconscious stuff where it was things he knows his father would have said to him mm-hmm. in this instance. But it was just great stuff. Uh, my heart the whole time where he's just telling him like, you know, it's okay. I knew you're going to leave eventually. I was just doing what I thought was right for you, trying to hold you, you know, as innocent as possible. But clearly you're realizing when you're growing up that people don't have all the right answers. We never know what we're doing is right or wrong until we just go with it and see what happens. Yes. And you're learning that, you know, yeah. It's like, you know, I, I left with one of those men you told me about. And he's like, oh, you know, it's like, but, but he's not that bad. And he's actually helpful. It's like, well, you're learning the complexity of humankind. Like, right. You, know, it's, you just have to figure things out on your own. And I'm proud of you for doing that. And I love Will Forte. Mm. It was just great to have him great. again. He gives so much to this show. He's like, oh, there's a bear too. Good, good. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. I, I loved that scene. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And then the ending, we get, if you notice, there was like a little like sand, mm-hmm. you know, timer going, this hourglass going the whole time. He's like, you know, we don't have much time, don't have much time. And then when it ends, Papa's just gone. Yeah. And then it turns into a nightmare real quickly. Mm-hmm. And Gus is freaking out. You know, the, the flowers and things are starting to float around him and it's getting darker. And then the mirror starts shattering. And that's when we get Abbott in the mirror. Even though Gus and Abbott haven't had any connection or interaction, he wouldn't know who he is. Right. But but then that theory again is like, was that the show kind of hinting at more of a connection between Abbott and Gus's pubba? Yeah. We get those same, you know, the same syringes that Abbott used at the beginning of the episode were the ones that Pubba had in their cabin hidden away that he used to defend themselves. And so we get this background of like, you know, so maybe Abbott does know about Gus or would maybe know because, you know, it has that, you know, Gus is good to finally meet you. Good to see you. And it goes into another theory that I have that's in my next point. But (laughs) I just keep teasing little point theories. But yeah, there's this yeah background of maybe there's a lot more of connection with Abbott and... Will Forte's character, and then even maybe another character. Yeah, well, so. I mean, we've talked about that, you know, um, all those questions, you know, in the beginning of, like, Gus's age, you know, is mm-hmm. Pubba really his father? Um, who's really his mother? You know, where did they come from? All the, you right. know, how did he seem to have the insight and what was going to happen? Well, and maybe that's not even in question anymore because I feel like we don't really know the timeline. I feel like now that we're getting more into the story, we, we talked about last week that some of these timelines in different stories that we're seeing uh, in the show mm-hmm. aren't necessarily um, parallel like timelines. Yeah. So maybe what we were seeing um, when Peppa was taking Gus 
um, to the woods was not exactly in line with the rest of the things that we were seeing when we were seeing the beginning of the the pandemic yeah. with with Doctor Singh. So maybe that's not so accurate, but um, but anyway, so yeah, we we do know that he is or does appear to be older. Um, mm-hmm. And a little bit more special, like not all hybrids are like him. So, yeah, um, yeah, good questions. I I really enjoyed that scene too with um, with Papa. Um, it was nice because I feel like Gus got a little bit of closure with Papa, and I know that it was yeah. all hallucinatory. I know it wasn't real; he wasn't really there. But you know, for um, for Gus. It, it was enough, I think, to yeah. have that conversation. And, you know, he didn't get to tell him goodbye, you know, when when mm-hmm. Papa left. He didn't get to have that goodbye. And here it felt like he kind of had that. He had a little bit of that closure. Um, yeah. And I think that also, you know, it was really therapeutic for Gus because, you know, like you said, Papa told him he's like well i always knew you were going to cross that fence you know (laughs) i always knew one day that 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 would come and he wasn't going to be mad about it and i think that you know him seeing that he wasn't he's like well i've got something to tell you and you're going to be mad he's like well what and he wasn't mad he was just talking it through with him and and i think it really points to the fact that pubba was able to provide this really good foundation for gus to be out Mm -hmm. in the world like he is now and to be able to find people like jeff and bear that he can trust like you said he can um you know understand the nuances of people and be able to recognize whether a person is actually good and he can trust them versus someone that's bad that maybe he can't trust. Um, And Papa was able to do that for him. So I think it just kind of shows in, in Gus's growth that he's that way because Papa, you know, gave him that foundation. So that was really nice. And like you said, really does kind of, I think help propel Gus's character forward. Um, yeah, and helps him sure. kind of move on. Um, yeah, is that now that you've left, you need to keep going. Yeah, stick with this plan that you've got now because you're on to something. This kind of that believe in yourself, and mm-hmm. you're you're figuring it out as you go. But now that you've set on this path, do it. Go. Don't quit. Don't give up. Like, exactly. Kind of reaffirms him a little bit and what he's doing. You know, because yeah. he seemed pretty determined before that, but I think it really just kind of helps give him that affirmation you know, that he is doing the right thing um, and that Pubbo, um, you know, would be proud of him and wouldn't be mad at him for what he's doing. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, that was really great. And yeah, Will Forte, good to see him again. I know we had talked about that before, like, oh, is he going to come back? And are we going to see him again? Because he, he left us so soon. I'm so curious if we'll get more or not yeah. um, in a flashback form. I know this was like a hallucination, but I'm wondering if we'll get like a flashback. Um, yeah, because there's still some important questions about his character that I have after this episode, too. Me, too. Me, too. Um, that was great. Uh, is that your number four? That was. Awesome. My number four, just quick thought um, as I was watching this episode and we get to see more hybrids. Um, mm-hmm. And then we've, so we've met Gus, obviously, and we've met Pigtail, and now we have um, these other hybrids that we've been introduced to, and we've, we're seeing more of them at the preserve. Yeah. Um, so something that, that made me think <clears throat> during this episode is the difference in the yeah. hybrids. Um, so the first hybrids that we were introduced to, we see our babies in the hospital, and they yeah. they kind of look human, right? I mean, they, they kind of look like human babies, but some yeah. have like tails or ears of 
their, you know, whatever half animal that they are or some other animal characteristics, you know, of like fur or the noses and things like that. They still look pretty human, kind of like, um, like Gus and pigtail also that we've been introduced to. So when we learn, you know, that the poachers are being hunted or are hunting, sorry, the hybrids. Um, I mean, it, it, you're like, Oh my God, that it's horrific. And it is, it totally yeah. is. And I'm not saying that it's not, and that's not evil, but I think that the show for me didn't do a great job about showing us at first that there were different types of hybrids that some yeah. of them look like Bobby and some of the other kids at the, at the preserve, you know, we've seen this, um, there was a monkey and a sloth, um, sloth and, kid might be my favorite. <laughs> I don't know why, but I think so. Right. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm there. I'm not quite there yet, but they're growing on me a little bit. I did love that sloth hybrid. Um, mm-hmm. Got a thing for sloths, but yeah. <laughs> I thought, man, the show, cause I'm picturing in my head when, you know, the, the poachers are after Gus and we know that poachers are out there hunting hybrids. I'm thinking, Oh my God, these look like little kids. I mean, Gus looks like yeah, a full on hunting children. <laughs> I know they're, they're like hunting children. And, but whenever you think of, and I'm not saying this is okay. Again, this is still horrific and terrible. Um, but when you think of hybrids that look like Bobby or the, you know, I think it's, it's easier to distance yourself and maybe that's why they're able to kind of maybe they're just horrible people and there is no explanation to it, but I guess makes it a little bit different when you, when you hear that they're hunting hybrids, because maybe that's the hybrids that they mostly run into are the ones that look like Bobby um, and the ones that we've seen at the preserve. Maybe not all of them look so much like Gus and pigtail where they do look more human. So I don't know. I wish the show had done that a little bit earlier. Maybe they did it for a reason. Maybe we'll find out why, maybe it doesn't matter. But for me, I was just like, well, I feel like this would have helped a little bit and maybe me understanding why that they're, they're, they're just so easy to just go hunt children, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I just wanted to kind of bring that because it seems like at this point, it feels like Gus and Pigtail are kind of unique, you know, that maybe not all hybrids do look like them. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, just a quick point that I was thinking of as I was watching this episode. So Mm-hmm. Um, see, that was see number three. What's your number three? So your point actually ties directly right into my number three. It's oh, a good sweet. transition. So I nice. like it. Is yeah, which is the zoo and the preserve mm-hmm. and kind of our storyline we get with that this episode. You know, the zoo is growing into a nice preserve. When we get this, we see Junior, the owl boy. Uh we got, you know, like I said, the sloth might be my favorite, or like the <laughs> orangutan monkey kid in the hammock. Yes. Uh Henry, who's part turtle, I'm assuming. We don't see him, don't but see him, uh, Pigtail but yeah. does say, you know, he's shy. He won't come out of his shell. And I'm going to take that literally with this show. Um, <laughs> yes, he's probably literally not coming <laughs> yeah. out of the shell. <laughs> yeah. And then we get Pigtail's real name very quickly, uh, just by the narrator. And it's one of those very quick, if you don't have captions on, you probably miss it. Right. Um, where the narrator says, you know, Amy and Wendy. Yeah, Wendy. It's like, oh, oh, okay. So there's we get that. And then she's still just referred to as Pigtail the whole episode by uh Amy. Mm-hmm. But but we get a quick narrator saying Amy and Wendy. So we do find out that Wendy is the real name of Pigtail. And then yeah, so it's cool we get the light 
hearted stuff of the zoo. Of course, seeing these new kids that are here, yeah. it's kind of growing and building. Get a little bit more Bobby. He said he's getting all dressed up by Pigtail. And he's not happy with his uh, new outfit. No. He's not digging it. Uh, I was curious. I was like, I even have my notes. I was like, hmm, where does Rima land on the Bobby scale this week? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm still a little weirded out, but I'm slowly um, opening up to him. Good. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm getting there. Just need, uh, need more exposure. Yeah. I love, it's just one of those little details, but again, it's just so adorable that Wendy, Pigtail, mm -hmm. has that little pig snort when she laughs. Oh. It's one of those little things I'm like, oh, it kills me every time. Like, so, so cute. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mm hmm. But then we do see the, the hardships that then become a big trouble mm -hmm. for the preserve. And that's what I really want to talk about. And this comes with more theories. Oh, good. Uh, that I teased earlier. Um, so we see Amy having to make a hard choice of her own. The radio comes on and there's these people saying that they have a hybrid baby that's in need. And Amy has her system, her like guidelines set. And for very good reasons. Yeah, obviously she obviously. knows people are hunting hybrids. She can't let people know where she is. And so when they, you know, she said, okay, tell me where, you know, you know, I'll, I'll give you directions to whatever, like here's where you leave the baby. I'll come and get him. And they're like, Oh, he's not going to make it. We just, just, you can trust us. Tell us where you are and we'll bring him to you. And she just turns off the radio and it's a hard moment, but she has to, to abide by those guidelines for the safety of her and her adoptive daughter now. And then all these other kids that are now here. Yeah. It's and a question like, of it's, the few versus the many. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And so she, she has to, to abide by that. And it's a hard choice, but maybe, Maybe it was fine, but we don't know. And it's not a risk that's worth taking for all of them. Uh, but the theories now that I have that I was teasing mm -hmm. um, is about Wendy Pigtail. Okay. Um, she is about as old as Gus. We talked about as it kind of seems maybe give or take a little bit. I'm not sure. But they also point out in this conversation between Amy and Pigtail that she's more human than a lot of the other hybrid kids. You even mentioned that a little bit, that some of them are less human in nature. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, so maybe you're not as animal as a lot of these other hybrids here, just like Gus. There's a lot more human traits still to them. And so I was like, okay, so maybe like the first ones, because they seem to be a little bit older, mm -hmm. were mostly human with a little bit of animal traits. And then the animal traits get more and more substantial with newer children that are born. Right. And so that's what makes me question. So is there a deeper connection to like between Gus and Wendy? Do they come from a similar place? Yes. Situation? I thought the same. Cause they seem older, but they have more human traits. They're less animal hybrids. Uh huh. And yeah. So that makes me wonder about that. So there's another one of those like little theories, like, okay, so is there a connection between Gus and Wendy? I have just like then I'm like a connection between Papa and Abbott. Like there's so many little things. Like I need to know so many things about the beginning of this stuff. I, I feel like things are going to start merging um, in mm -hmm. these connections. I feel like they have to, I feel like these things are connected and they just have to be. It's the only way it's going to make sense to me. I've wondered the same that there, like there could be a connection between pigtail and Gus, whether it's they yeah. were like in the same area when they were born or I don't know. Like 
they're somehow I feel like connected. We just don't know what that is yeah. yet. Yeah, I think you're on something. Just like the fence there on the first episode, another callback to the first episode besides the syringes is also like their hideout is tagged with the little Oof. ribbons on the fence. Yeah, we know those pink ribbons are not a good sign. The preserve has been tagged, which helps me with the timeline, I think, a little bit. Oh, okay. Because I'm guessing that now where we're at, where Wendy is a little bit older, is now more current timeline with what is going on with Gus that we're seeing now. Oh. Because it makes me think of when Abbott was told, we found her. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling pretty secure. I could be wrong still, but that they, her they were talking about was Amy. Because when the zoo gets tagged, I think that's when they report to Abbott and say, we found her. I think that is what that's about. Okay. You could be onto something there. I'd buy it. So like that's, it. again, it's just, I'm kind of making that assumption. But then I think that makes the timeline make a little more sense as far as maybe we are on the same timeline with these things, at least for the most part. It is still jumping back a little bit when they get tagged. But, mm-hmm. but it's showing how they found her that they did. Yeah. I, I hope, hope they, they, the timelines start to kind of merge together. And I think when that happens, we're going to start seeing those connections and hopefully mm-hmm. getting some understanding of, of some of that. But I think you're right. I think you're onto something. Um, that was a good number three. So my number three uh, was General Abbott, which we've talked about, but I also wanted to talk about when he um, busts in, and maybe this is one of your other points, um, when Addie and Ronnie are being um, set aflame, and they're kind of having those last moments together. And I really thought that that was it. I mean, I was like, oh. But I was like, wow, they're, they're going to go ahead and kill him off when, you know, I feel like we've, we've had them, you know, I I think there was only one episode that we didn't really get to see them if even that, and they're going to kill him off. I feel like they're major characters and still not feeling a lot of love for Ronnie at all. Um, (laughs) She's really making me mad every episode that I (laughs) watch with her. I feel like she's willing to put so many people at, at risk and herself right. at risk, her husband at risk. And she's able to like, she's very manipulative. Um, but again, I see the other side. I'm like, well, she's dying. She wants mm-hmm. to live. She's trying to do what she can to, to live. How would I act if I were in that same right. position? So I don't know, but I know I'm not loving her. Maybe I wouldn't love myself if I was acting like <laughs> that in that same position. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, um, I don't think she deserves to be strapped to a chair with saran wrap and burned alive by any means. No, um, that's pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. And which I mean, those last moments between them, I yeah. thought were beautiful. I mean, in a dark way, but uh, a dark way we're getting ready to burn to death. And I mean, that would be terrible to um, have to be there and hear your partner is you guys are strapped to chairs back to back like that. And you're, you're going to burn alive. That's Mm -hmm. not a pleasant or painless way to go. And to have to see not only for you to go through it, for you to experience the pain of being burned alive and what that's like, but also to experience your partner um, and being Mm -hmm. present for that, that I mean is 
is like hell that they're in right yeah. now. Um, but then there's a commotion outside and um, all of a sudden busting through the door is General Abbott mm-hmm. and his um, soldiers. And so, I mean, just in time, but yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I, I feel like um, Addie's now going from one hell to another. Oh, yeah. He's going right under Abbott's thumb, and he's probably going to end up having to do things even worse than what he thought he was going to have to do before. I mean, I think that if he thought he was going to, because it seemed like he kept trying to find a way around having to use hybrids, mm-hmm. and um, now he's going to be forced. He's going to end up being forced. He's not going to be able to dance around it anymore. He's going to be forced into doing exactly what he was trying to not do before. And like I said, uh, just another version of hell than what he was already in. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I'm, I'm anxious to see um, what what will happen next with that. But um, yeah, yeah. I guess General Abbott in this case was a good thing, saving at least yeah. money and Addy. But at the same time, at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that is my number three. Uh, right. What's your number two? My number two's mostly been covered, but I have a few little notes in there. Okay. So I'll throw those in because it is just covering kind of the story of the Sings and everything they went through. So the little bit of notes that we didn't talk about, um, there's a little sign that Ronnie's sickness is definitely getting worse and worse as we see those flowers yeah. getting, you know, more and more outside the house. Not a beginning. good sign. Those flowers no. are like a dead freaking giveaway. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, don't mind these flowers over here. All's good here. We're, we're not sick. Don't look over mm-hmm. here. <laughs> Yeah. The uh, secret sauce does show up. However, all it is is a note saying that the last men are out of hybrids. They're out. Which then must mean that Abbott is getting more desperate, which is why he's going to do what he does at the end of the episode. Yeah, that's for true. Sure. And so, yeah, uh, the other only thing is when Abbott shows up, did you pick up on the little fact that uh, that neighborhood's pretty much gone now? They mowed down all of the neighbors that were outside singing. There's gunshots. They take them out, and then you even hear Abbott like kind of give an order to his men before he's untying or working with the Sings, being like, "Kill everyone who's left. I just need them." I I guess I didn't what? hear that. I wondered if he if they were killing the community, like if they were just eliminating. I think, so. I think they just pulled up, took out everybody who was standing outside. Okay, because we didn't see it saving the Sings. Yeah, I feel like it was probably safe to say that they probably killed them. And maybe that's why yeah. he was so brutal in his um, or aggressive uh, coming in that way is because he wasn't leaving yeah. anyone to talk about it except for Ron yeah. and Addie. So, yeah, he basically gives an order like nobody's left. Leave no one alive. Dang. <laughs> the dude is yeah. pretty damn evil. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good. Good. No pick up. I think I for that. Bob. Wow. All right. Well, I'm interested to learn a little bit more about General Abbott and who he was before all of this. Maybe he was military and he's just a bad seed, but I'm curious to know a little bit more about him, where, what his origins are. Yeah. Not in like a redeeming nature. I just, I'm curious to know how he got to where he is and who he was. Mm -hmm. Good points. Um, Well, my number two, uh, we've talked about, it was just mostly Gus's hallucination, which I feel like we've talked a lot about already. And I don't have anything else to add to that. Um, What is your number one? So then I wonder if we have the same number one, because it's (laughs) one of the few things we haven't talked about yet. 
which is the uh, the odd couple of Jep and Bear. Oh, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, uh, it's just like the the whole kind of through line of that I really enjoyed. So I picked that as my number one. Good. I knew that we would see Bear again sooner than later. I really had a feeling. I had a feeling we would too. Yeah. And so for her to just kind of tag along and you know they will they want to tag along with her cuz she's headed towards the train and even though we got to go through this valley of sorrows to get there with all these flowers that's the plans to go and Gus is going with her uh whether Jep likes it or not uh <laughs> cuz how do you say no to the, please 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 <laughs> he's so he suckered in there's no way you can say no um yeah but they're then we get Jep and Bear just like at each other the whole time. But it's funny because it's not like over the top, but it's like they're like trying, it's like they're, you know, fighting parents trying not to like upset Gus too much, but at the same time they have to get their jabs in. Yeah. And it's just those little, you know, oh, you know, oh, the whole uh, tiger and their psycho team thing. And, you know, <laughs> well, you don't really know how you, oh, you've done such a great job taking care of him, you know, cause he's gotten captured and you've gotten this and they're just, picking on each other the whole time and just like stop fighting yeah that's and- a that's a good analogy it's very much like bickering um a bickering couple with their kid in tow yeah. because they do keep jabbing at each other but then when they see like that parachute guy in the tree mm-hmm. um they are kind of like they they both realize like Gus doesn't need to like so they do what yeah. they can to try it's to too innocent for this. Yeah. To- I love that where they're explaining the parachutes and Gus is just not buying it. Cause Jeff has joked with him about stuff before. And he's like a magical blanket that helps you fall from the sky without being hurt. Yeah, sure. I, I love that so much. Cause <laughs> well, and even bear who has been out in the world, she's young and mm-hmm. it's what probably what, like 10 years. Is that what we kind of, I think so. It was like a 10 year um, from the the start to where she was like five when it started. Yeah. Yeah. So what does she, what did she know? And what does she remember? And Gus doesn't know anything uh, because he's been in a bubble and, you know, doesn't know what it was like in the world. So I'm sure it probably does sound, it was really, I like the way that Jeff was trying to explain it though, you know, and just Mm -hmm. like simplify it. But at the same time, like what, you know, I'm not believing (laughs) that. Sure. So yeah, that was really (laughs) funny. I enjoyed that. Yeah. And, you know, they have these little, they were on the same page for just a minute where even Bear is not sure that Gus's mom is even alive or out there anymore. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, this this mission is probably useless, but they both also can't help but stick it out with this kid. Just his level of hope and positivity is infectious. And they just at this point have to see. I mean, I love that, you know, we get that moment where Jeff is like, okay. Like, I'm coming with you. Like, I'm just, I'm giving in. Like, we're going to see this through because obviously it means that much to you. And what else have I got going on? Yeah. It's not like he had any other place to be. Uh, (laughs) And I think that he realizes that um, Gus is going to do it with or without him. Gus doesn't want to do it without him. I think Gus is smart enough to know that he needs help, you know, because he doesn't know the world and can't navigate it like Jep can. Um, and he needs someone to help protect him, not just from the world to get him to Colorado, but also to help protect him from 
I mean, he's literally being hunted, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's just a kid, a defenseless kid. He can't protect himself. So he's smart enough to know that he needs someone with him. Plus, you know, he really has um, grown an attachment to him. I mean, he's lost his papa. So he's kind of filling in, you know, that father figure kind of gap for him, even though Jeff yeah. has doesn't want to have anything to do with that. I It, it was good to kind of see him soften around yeah. Gus and kind of like, you know, stop it, you know, and he was, mm-hmm. you know, so that, that he can was take cute. his snarkiness out on, on bear now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can take his jabs I think out my now. favorite line of snarkiness between them is when Gus is on the bridge and they're trying to talk him back and the whole, don't yell at him. Raising your voice doesn't help anything. And Jeff goes, it helps me. Yeah. It's like, why do I relate to Jeff in so many I was gonna say, <laughs> like Truer words <laughs> were never spoken. I know it, it, it right. helps nothing. It solves nothing. But damn it, I feel better when I'm raising my voice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. But yet, they, they put their differences aside to save Gus from the flowers. And I think it's awesome. They swoop into the rescue wearing the parachute <laughs> and the pilot suit and helmet. It's like, why do you get to wear the parachute? It fits me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think Jeb was going to fit in that that, that suit. Uh, no, which I'm not jealous of her wearing that. That is disgusting. No. Um, <laughs> ew. I, I had like total, and I know I keep saying it a lot, well, like Walking Dead vibes when they would find dead soldiers um, right. and they would take the helmets off of like one of the walkers and it would like peel the face or skull off yeah. of, and you're just like, ew, you're going to wear that? You know, because they would be yeah, looking like, for protective mm. equipment too so they could fight or they could defend themselves. And um, and yeah, you're just like, ew, you're going to wear that. So I can't imagine uh, the state of that yeah. uniform and helmet that she mm-hmm. used. Gross. Yeah, but they save Gus. And then even yeah. after that, as Gus is like waking up, they're still fighting with each other. He has like, could you have moved any slower? I didn't see you carrying him. <laughs> You know, you get this whole thing, and Gus is finally just fed up with them fighting. Make a fist. Yeah. <laughs> Make a fist. Now bump them together. Like, which does help a lot sometimes, but I just love that. And now mm-hmm. I'm thinking, as somebody who likes to do a lot of the conventions and things, I was like, okay, somebody on it. We know some people. Put it out there. Convention people. Get the Sweet Tooth cast members on the circuit, on your shows. Because I'm adding that to my list of things I need to do for sure is I need to give a fist bump to any or all of Christian Convery, Nanzo Anansi, or Stefania Levio. And I need I need fist bumps with these people. Make it happen. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Photo op opportunity. You're right. Fist bumps. <laughs> I like it. And um, I like it better than what was what was the wasn't there a character? It was it The Walking Dead or someone that kept wanting to fist bump on oh, the Oh, Tara. Tara, Tara on The yes. Walking Dead was a big fist bump. Now, that was annoying. Yeah. but <laughs> when she, It's endearing with these it, three. With these three. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's endearing. Gus, Gus's insistence um, was endearing. Good, w- good way to put it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, those, they were great. Uh, I, I liked it. I think it. I think that you could probably tell that they were not going to get along, but it wasn't in an, an annoying way. Um, it was a relatable yeah. way. Um, yeah. And they both do really care about Gus. You know, you can, mm-hmm. you can definitely tell that Jeff is softened and he wants to help him and help protect him. And, you know, bear um, feels the same. Um, they just feel like they're going, they have different ways of going about it. So 
um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad she's joined their little group. Yes. I like it. All right. Well, that actually was not my number one. Oh, nice. my number one was actually focused more on the preserve, which we've talked about a little bit, but, um, mm-hmm. just some additional things that I wanted to kind of mention, um, was we've talked a little bit about the differences, um, in, in the hybrids. And I like that we got to see Bobby a little bit. I think that's what kind of helped me seeing Bobby again. Um, cause we got, he got a little bit more screen time and he, I was definitely getting some serious ET vibes, um, in the episode <laughs> when Wendy's dressing uh. him up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's a very good yeah, it took me by surprise <laughs> um, <laughs> you know Wendy's dressing, dressing him up in the little flower sunglasses the straw hat mm-hmm. um, you know I and I, I think that it helps because they have um, uh, when Bobby is like standing in front of Wendy like that he's a real puppet instead of like CGI yeah. I, they are using CGI for mm-hmm. some of them but in some instances um, they're using puppets which I think helps um, the the actor or actress that's playing Wendy um, mm-hmm. it helps give it a little bit more like charm and personality I guess because she's yeah. got something to actually interact with instead of having like um, oh, like a green blob or something, or like a tennis ball that she's got to oh, react yeah. to or something. So, um, so I, I like uh, that. Anyone who listens to Run for Your Lives knows that's the the gospel of Run for Your Lives is practical effects are always better than CGI one billion percent of the time. Absolutely, always, always, always. if you can if you can pull it off, <laughs> I I absolutely agree. So I think it's really cool that they've decided to to go that route um, with it just to help you know with with characters. So Bobby's growing on me just a little bit. Um, and I, I like that we had that moment because it shows that there's still some sweet moments in that world, you know, that to remind us that there is a little bit more joy despite this whole menacing atmosphere. I mean, it's so dark and so depressing knowing that there's, you know, like the the, the world's population has like been wiped out. So that's terrible. The world is not as we know it, that's terrible. There are men hunting um, children and hybrids and that's terrible. So it's nice to see these little sweet moments. I'm glad that they're able to kind of sprinkle those throughout. It kind of helps bring a little lightness to all of the dark um, that we're getting. So I I do Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And the only other thing we talked about the, how they've been identified, they've been marked. Um, which obviously puts the future of the sanctuary in jeopardy. Um, uh, that's not great. I'm a little worried to see what's going to happen there, what they're what they're going to do. I mean, she's she's like the only person that's able to defend. I mean, she's there with a bunch of hybrids. You know, I mean, yeah. she's smart. She seems capable, but she's one person. Yeah. So anyway, and I'm curious about what what the project is. That she has Bobby helping her with, and like he's burrowing underground and going on the other side and um amy said that escape tunnels or something if they need them i don't know like do we need a quick (laughs) getaway do we need like we need to bail and we need to bail fast is that what he's been working on because i'm curious about that little project so yeah i want to see what's up with that but it's a really scary situation knowing that um because like you said you know, she gets that call and she's willing to say no because they're not wanting to work with her as far as a, a meeting place um, because she needs yeah. to protect the ones that she has. Uh, she doesn't know um, if, if they're a threat or not, or do they really need help or are they a threat? She has to make that call had to be a very difficult 
um, decision for her. And I feel like because they didn't have, I feel like the pressure is on the last men um, to find subjects because it sounds like they're out of hybrids. And Mm -hmm. once they find the preserve, which sounds like they have, that's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, it sounds like a horrible thing to say, but I'm like, well, they found a, uh, a stockpile of <laughs> they did hybrids if they need. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's why I guess it, you're right about the timelines a little bit, or at least with, um, Addie and Ronnie and the preserve mm-hmm. and Amy and Wendy seems like it's kind of marrying up a little bit because Addie gets the note. They're out of hybrids. We, mm-hmm. we got nothing right now, so we can't get you the secret sauce. Um, but then the preserve gets found, um, and clearly they're under a lot of pressure to find it um, because they're out. And so I wonder, sounds like those two storylines at least are kind of merging. Um, yeah. So, and I don't know if that marries up with Gus and Jep and Bear with where we left them or not, but... Um, anyway, so that's the only thing that I wanted to, um, add to what we've already talked about with the preserve. Um, any notes? Uh, yeah, I think I've got a few little notes, of course, with the music stuff I'll get to, but, uh, I guess, yeah, really the only other note that I had was just more of the adorableness of Gus Mm. and Jep, where he finds the, the, the fist bump thing is, uh, yeah. Where that comes from is with Jep doing that is, you know, make a fist and he just kind of bumps it. And his reaction just cool. You know, like he's like, hey, this is something new, but I love it. Yeah. It's adorable. So cute. But that whole interaction at the beginning was so heartwarming to me where, you know, runs up and he's all, you know, Gus is all excited. Oh, we're like, we're like Huck and Tom. <laughs> like, he knows what you know, that it's, is. It's great. Yeah. yeah. He's got his books from Pava, but, uh, um, it was, yeah, it's great. But, you know, he said, you know, thanks for what you did back there. He's like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, you had my back. And I love his answer. If you had mine. I like, know. Aww. Aww. Just nothing. And that's when, you know, he tells him, which is funny because he sets it up because you see his ears droop a little bit. He's like, you know, about that. And he's like, oh, God, here we go. Mm-hmm. You're leaving me again. He was like, I've decided I'm coming with you. And it's just kind of this moment. It's like, don't freak out. Don't, you know, don't make it such a big deal. But. It was just adorable. I love their relationship a lot. I do too. I do too. Yeah, it makes me happy. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have any notes. I think we've covered pretty much everything. But um, since I don't have any notes, I know that you always like to kind of wrap up your note section with the music in the episode. Yeah. Do you have something for us this week? I do have a couple, literally just a couple. There's only two songs that I have. Yeah, there was a one. lot this week not a lot this episode Mm -hmm. and uh of course the first one we start the episode off with and i've had stuck in my head since and i can't get it out heart of glass by blondie while dr (sighs) bell is at home such a good song blondie i was um (laughs) like it felt so uplifting and then it went dark so quick um yeah yeah but yeah i love that song great song a song i knew and then like yeah, <laughs> you know, like the end of the episode, or whatever. Then just and I had to look this one up, but yeah, they're like a little travel montage, and we get a song called "Symmetry" by Simmel. Oh, S Y M L. Nice. I don't know. Uh, and yeah, it's just kind of a little kind of indie folky ambient song that was used for like the travel montage. Yeah, sounds good. 
but yeah, but that's all. Just those two. Okay. Is all I had this yeah, week. there wasn't a whole lot in uh, this week's episode. So, but yeah, a good start to it for sure with some Blondie. Doctor mm-hmm. knew how to rock it out. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for that. All right. So that then takes us into our favorite part of the podcast, and that is our listener feedback portion. Um, first one that we have is from our friend, Lindsay Schlicht. She says, so relieved this episode fell back on track for me or felt back on track. I'm sorry. Um, she goes on. I think big man teaching Gus fist bumps is maybe my favorite part of the show so far. So cute. I'm currently watching mm-hmm. Ozark. So seeing Gus fall into a field of what looked like poppies, <laughs> all I could think of was the trip he might go on. And boy, was I right. I love Ozark. Just FYI, um, Lindsay, it's offline, great. let me know what you think. Uh, I love that show. Um, can't wait for the next season. Uh, she goes on. I really like that he got to have a sweet moment and some closure with Pubba. The hybrids are confusing to me now. Uh, All of the hybrids at Amy's Preserve seem to be like creepy Bobby, way more animal than human, and not at all like Gus and Pigtail. I'm very curious what makes them so different. Are Gus and Pigtail first-generation hybrids and future generations are more animal-like? Are we supposed to think that human women are giving birth to creepy, mostly animal babies? Much better episode for me this week. Bobby is still a creep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the bobby <laughs> saga will continue on yes. here um which is funny because i did kind of look ahead a little bit on this next one which is perfect this one's from mary k beater vakeman owens says i don't write in a lot because i watched the entire show shortly after it came out and i'm afraid to accidentally spoil but i could not ignore the bobby discussion <laughs> <laughs> She says, uh, the tiger didn't pull me out because I just didn't expect super awesome, amazing tiger, tiger CGI. Bobby, though, he grabbed me by the collar and yanked me right up and out of the story. What's your deal, Bobby? <laughs> and since I'm already here, I decided to look at a quick review for episode five and add some thoughts. Jeez, this show's community. I feel like it's pretty realistic. I'm as annoyed as anyone at anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers, but this community has lost all sense of nuance. I hope that never happens to me. At the beginning of COVID, I was wearing a red liner on my waterline, and at a stop sign, these two pedestrians looked at me like I was the zombiest zombie who ever existed. I also have asthma, which gives me enough coughs on occasion, and I'm pretty scared I'm going to have to cough loudly at the grocery store and get carried out and tossed on the sidewalk by an angry mob of people who share my ideals. So basically, I wouldn't survive the sweet tooth pandemic long enough to even get sick and have pretty, pretty flowers. I'd just get straight murdered. Summary, Bobby, no. Community lacks nuance. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I love it. Um, all right. Next one we have is from Don Elizabeth. She says, I enjoyed this episode. I'm glad that Bear did indeed join our group of two. I thought when Gus was please, please, pleasing, he was so darn adorable. When Amy mm-hmm. was on the radio with the person who was trying to find out where she was, I was like, no, no, don't. No, no, no. I'm so glad she didn't, but she was discovered after all, which is horrible. And this show gets pretty darn dark for something that seems to be a kid's show. I couldn't believe that the doctor and Ronnie were going to be burned alive, but maybe this new bad guy is worse. I don't know, but we'll find out. Thanks for your podcast. You are welcome. Thank you for listening, Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is, 
I don't know enough about it. I didn't, we've talked about, we didn't read the comics. I don't know that this is really directed towards kids. I can see where some folks might say that. I don't know though. What do you think about um, this being like a kid's show? Do you think it's okay for kids at a certain age to watch? Um, I think, which is funny with this podcast, uh, I think this show falls very much in the same kind of category as Stranger Things. You think so? Where Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, definitely adult-oriented as far as a lot of the imagery and language and tension and things like that. But also, it follows young characters. And so there's a lot of – because I know of a lot of young kids who watch Stranger Things. I work in an elementary school Mm -hmm. part-time, volunteer, and do stuff. And, like, fourth and fifth graders that I work with are obsessed with Stranger Things. And, like, I'm thinking, like, should you be watching that show? But, like, but there are other kids – close to their age and they feel this connection and so yeah and it is entertaining to them so and that yeah. last season man that got pretty dark that last season mm-hmm. did i mean it all of it is pretty dark but uh, i feel like that last season really kind of went to a scary place um so yeah. so yeah i feel like some kids could probably handle it and some maybe not and some parents are probably not wanting their kids to watch it i understand yeah. it but yeah i don't know so i think yeah for parents making that call yeah i think it's a case-by-case basis you know your kids you know your better kids. than anyone else but but i think this show maybe falls in that where there's a lot of adult like intensity and the language is there and some things are pretty dark but so you're dealing with kids and young characters in yeah. the show so kids kind of gravitate towards it and if they can handle it know a lot that do enjoy it you know your kid man i'm not gonna tell anyone how to raise mm-hmm. their kids because um if my kid was that age she'd be watching it I, she she watched pretty much everything. She wasn't that limited. I'm a terrible parent. Um, but she is a functioning um, human being in society. So and she's contributing in a positive way. So I feel like I was successful. <laughs> so <laughs> I have that. I might have let her watch a ton of horror shows <laughs> when she was a kid, but uh, and all the scary video games. But uh, she's not better for it. Um, Thank you guys so much for the feedback. Really appreciate you guys taking the time to write in. Uh, We did get a couple of voice messages as well. Uh, First one that we have is from our friend Greg. Let's see what he has to say this week. Hey there, Pink and Rima. This is Greg. Uh, calling about Sweet Tooth, Episode 5, What's in the Freezer? And congratulations, Pink, you were right. It was, in fact, Nancy in the freezer. I guess the context clues were there, but good call. Uh, I thought this was... uh, a little bit darker, like, uh, you know, between, uh, Gus and Jeopard and, uh, bear or whatever her name is, uh, making their indie like trek across the, the floating rope bridge, um, to Abbott. We finding out who the, the her is that Abbott found. And it was the, the doc. I mean, don't get me wrong. Faking breast cancer in order to get away from these people is, uh, I guess that's pretty intense, but I guess this, if it's, if your your conscious is suffering by what you're having to do to these animals and these, I mean, animals slash people, um, it's understandable. Um, but uh, the fact that you passed it on to Sing, why would you just burn the notes? Uh, I mean, it, you you feel like Abbott's making her do something uh, I don't know, wicked, I guess. I'm not not 100 percent sure, but uh, there's something maybe it's just she, she couldn't handle it anymore or she had to keep it going i don't I, i'm really am curious if it's a matter of hey we're just trying to wipe out all these hybrids or we're trying to save like save the sick or stop the sick or whatever anyway uh and then uh i don't feel super good about uh ronnie and 
uh, first off, how do you forget to lock the freezer? I mean, come on. It's the freezer where you stored a dead body. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so uh, Ronnie and and uh, Dr. Singh are, you know, just basically the end. And I figured that uh, something would happen like this where the general or someone would show up to, to save them, to make them do horrible things, uh, very similarly to Jesse and Breaking Bad basically being forced to, to make meth for the people at the end of the show. But anyway, look forward to hearing your thoughts. Bye. That's awesome. Thanks, Greg. Thank you, Greg. And he has that different theory about her being found as them hunting down Dr. Bell, which is interesting. I hadn't thought of that either. Yeah. Which, what does that do timeline? What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Who knows? I don't either. I, I'm so not great at like predictions. <laughs> I'm all, I feel like, always wrong um so i just try not to do it too often because i know i'm gonna be wrong and i'm just like let's just see how it plays out i'm curious but i'm terrible at making predictions so i don't know that was good greg thank you uh okay so we did get another voice message from our good friend steve see what he had to say this week hey it's steve and this is for what's in the freezer (laughs) What that was supposed to be. But great song to start the episode out with. Heart of Glass, Blondie. I guess that answers the question of the woman, uh, or the the she that they found. It's the other doctor. <laughs> it's first fist bump. How many pleases was that? <laughs> He's got super hearing. I love this. Jetbird is going to just keep him with his hope. It's great. Wow, that was tense. Gus just fell off the bridge, and oh man, that, uh, uh, remember Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? We going for a ride? That's what I thought was going to happen, even though I've seen it. I totally forgot. This is what happened. Oh, she does have a name other than Pigtail. It's Wendy. Aww. Such a good scene between Pigtail and Amy here. Gosh, this show gets me choked up every time, man. So is are we to assume that, that Pigtail is a human-animal hybrid and these other hybrids are animal-human hybrid, maybe? I don't know. This has got to be a, a dream or a hallucination, right? Hallucination. That's the word I couldn't think of when I was taught, when I sent my voicemail to the Walking Dead cast. Hallucinations. They're my friends. They're just not good at getting along. Aw, this is, he's so cute. I, yeah. Well, it looks like everybody's going to know now. Not the only one. Lots of flowers in the yard. Well, I guess that's a good thing. They were, or a bad thing. They were willing to do this terrible thing, but they don't have, they're out of hybrids, so. Why did they put her in the clinic freezer? And how did they get her to the clinic without anybody seeing? Ah, uh, there it is, name of the episode. Mic drop. Wait, I just realized they were at the clinic. So they traveled all the way back to their house with them before doing this? All right, went a little long on this one. Sorry. Talk to you later. So thank you, Steve. You had a lot of the same questions and um, concerns that I did. So thank you for validating me um, in that. Uh, Yeah, that's right. They went from the clinic, like they knew they were up shit Creek uh, and they went all the way from there back to their house. Like they knew what was in store for them. That had to be a hella like super intense um, ride back to your house. Right. Right. Yikes. Good point. I didn't even think of that until you pointed it out there, um, Steve. 
I love that. And Steve is with Greg also on the her being the doctor. Maybe I'm off. I don't know. I guess. So. Well, I mean, we don't know. Theories are fun. <laughs> we don't know that which one was yeah. the her they were talking about. It could be a third her. Who the heck right. knows? Could be. Um, looking for bear. <laughs> maybe. Um, I think we also mentioned, um, or either us or maybe one of our listeners mentioned, uh, maybe Birdie uh-huh. could have been a her. Um, so right. I don't know. Um, they didn't say. We don't know. We can only speculate. And then Steve mentioned a little note again. That was one of my other notes that I forgot about was because he said, oh, he has great. He has, he has super hearing. Because I did love that <laughs> where he just quietly says, you know, oh, is that a caramel apple tree? I see, Gus. Okay, good. He can't hear us. <laughs> He's got super hearing. Um, uh, <laughs> I love that. That was so good. Um, and it made my ears perk up. I was like, a caramel apple tree, which by the what? way, Ooh, where, where, oh my gosh, I know my, my sweet tooth <laughs> this week has just been terrible. Um, <laughs> so I can relate. Um, thank you everyone so much for submitting the feedback. Um, I so look forward to, to hearing uh, what you guys think and speculate along with us and theorize. Um, and it certainly makes me think of things I haven't thought of. So thank you everyone. Appreciate yeah. taking the time. Well, we are getting into the back half of the show. This was episode five, um, and there's only mm-hmm. eight episodes. So next week on Strange Indeed, we'll be covering episode six of Sweet Tooth titled Stranger Danger on a Train. Interesting. Yeah. I love that Well, term. it sounds at least like they catch the train. Yeah. That's because good. And that was something that we didn't really talk about uh, was, you know, their uh, – in their journey was what they were going to do was they were still going to go hop on a train. I don't know how Jep and mm-hmm. Sweet Tooth had planned on getting there, but uh, Bear's like, well, there's a train and it goes through here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not going to stop. So, yeah, it sounds like that train was on its way um, when we mm-hmm. left off with them. So, you're going to have to Wild West style board this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not going to be riding any horses to like run alongside it. They're going to have to like um kind of run and 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 figure figure that one out. Ugh. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun to me. Yeah. Well, we are excited that you followed us to Yellowstone and we ask that you also follow us on Twitter at Strange Teacast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. And speaking of great podcasts, make sure you check out Pake and Daphne on their podcast called Run For Your Lives. You were just talking about that earlier. Uh, I know you guys were on a little bit of a hiatus. Are you guys coming back this week or are you still on your break? Um, We're on break still for a little bit. I think September like 17th, I think just pulling that number off my head is I think when we're going to come back. Awesome. We took about, we're taking about a month off. Uh, We are still recording episodes and getting kind of a backlog, you know, ready for this next season. So, well, so we've covered some really good movies that, we'll have some fun with when we come back. Well, that, that will be exciting and something to look forward to. But I mean, in the meantime, it's a great time to get caught up on your, we've got two seasons full of yeah. Episodes that, you know, you can go back and listen to some real good ones. I won't tell you what stuff we are covering, but maybe, um, 
and give you little hints by saying maybe some connected episodes you might want to go back and listen to is maybe, oh. you know, we've covered the first three Jurassic Park movies. Yeah. Um, if you like zombie stuff, we might be talking about that more soon, but you can go back. We've covered Train to Busan. Bus- Busan. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. so good. Train to Busan good and Cooties is another really fun zombie style movie that we've covered. So yeah, good time to go back and, and get caught up on any episodes that folks have missed out on. Um, yeah. You guys have a lot of great content out there. Um, so then everyone will be caught up and ready for when you're releasing your new episodes. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Look forward to that. All right. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And Mary Kay Peter Bankman Owens is strange indeed. Perfect.